Welcome back to, oh, here's a little marketing for you. I'm Ellen Cernko. I'm Ellie Hicks. And I'm John Young. Each week, we talk about how to get the most out of your marketing as a small business or nonprofit organization. And this week, we are going to talk about the key components of a successful landing page. Um, So landing pages are obviously a big part of our job, Um, whether it's building them just for the website or incorporating them into different um, digital marketing strategies, but I, we thought it would be helpful to kind of get into first establishing what a landing page really is and then what makes a good landing page and what we maybe don't recommend for a landing page. Um, so I wanted to start, I found this definition by MailChimp that I really liked and I just wanted to read it. Um, So MailChimp defines a landing page as a standalone web page that potential customers can land on when they click through from an email, ad, or other digital location. A landing page aims to capture information from contacts in exchange for something of value, such as a retail offer code or business-to-business insights in the form of a white paper. Landing pages are different from other web pages in that they don't live in the evergreen navigation of a website. They serve a specific purpose in a specific moment of an advertising campaign to target an audience. Beautiful. Thank well you. Superb. I went back to Ooh. like high school English and was very nervous about reading that out loud. Um, I know. Ugh. But I really like that because I feel like it it sets a good standard. I think sometimes when I'm talking to people about landing pages, somehow somewhere along the line, like landing page just became like synonymous with like any (laughs) page on a website. Um, and like, I would say it's kind of like the whole, a rectangle can be a square, but a, or a a square can't be a rectangle, but a rectangle can't be a square kind of situation. Like, yeah, a, a web page can be a landing page, but not every web page is a landing page, if that makes any sense. I think you said the same thing twice. Yeah, I get what you're saying, <laughs> though. Like, I understand it's what you're like saying. Not every page on a website is a landing is page. Is a landing page. There you go. You nailed it. Dang. Okay, but every But every landing page is a web page, like in and of itself yes. is a web page. But yeah. Yes. But I think we people started there. to just call it. any page on a website a landing page and like that's yeah. that's not that's not yeah. true. I mean so. the simplest I mean that definition de- definition was great and the simplest way to think about it is it's a page that you land on. So you it's a page that you come to the website like it's your first interaction with a website. Mm-hmm. So um and that can mean different things. It, that's what kind of determines like what the page is going to be. So. Yeah. And I think sometimes people end up calling like the homepage the landing like a landing page too because like that's what you land on but i it's more so like you're looking for some sort of like action from the people that land on it like they're not just like meandering around your website like you're looking for um Mm -hmm. like them to do something like fill out a form or um, give information something like that um so a few notes that i had on that definition as well is um landing pages should only have one call to action and we'll talk a little bit more about like what actually would be a call to action versus something else. Um, And then a landing page, I believe, can be repurposed to live in the evergreen navigation of a website as well. So like we've done this for a few clients with their services over the years. Like if we, um, if they wanted to have an ad campaign about a specific service, then we take one of their services pages and we're able to kind of um, reorganize it 
for an ad and repurpose it for an ad, but still use it as their service page in their main navigation. Um, and that kind of leads into my second part is that you you can have an evergreen content page and transform it into a landing page if need be. Um, sometimes it makes more sense to just create a new a new page, but I do think that you can do some um, reorganization if need be for content that already exists. I have a really good example, and it might this might be too early to even mention this, so I apologize. We can always come back to reference this, but we never um, meander from the main <laughs> topic, Ellie. So don't start don't start doing it now. Oh my gosh. Um, no. So like, let's say you're running an ad and a lot of times you're running an ad and it might even be like a specific deal that you're running just for people who see your Facebook ad. Um, so you obviously don't want that page that they land on to be just like found when they come to your website. However, they come to your website. It's specifically just for that traffic that came from that Facebook ad. So it might be 20% off this product or, you know, whatever it might be. And it makes it easier for you to match the, um, all of the content, like the creative, the wording, um, uh, the deal, uh, you match the ad to the landing page and it makes it that much more powerful. But that's just an example of why you wouldn't want your landing page just to be in the, um, like normal navigation of your website. Yeah, because it's kind of a um, uh, subsection isn't the right word, but it's kind of well, it's a subsection of your audience, but it's a, as a specific purpose. Like we yeah. want these specific people subsect of our of our audience to come to this page for this specific reason. It mm-hmm. it definitely makes sense with the rest of our business because obviously we're not making a landing page that has nothing to do with the rest of our business. Um, yeah. But it's 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 a, almost a time and place situation uh, of our website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, if you are doing a service um, like whatever it might be like 20% off teeth whitening or something. Um, and that's just for the whole business for any customer that wants teeth whitening right now, we're doing 20% off. Then that might be an instance where you make, if you have a service page that only talks about teeth whitening and you're putting, you want to go ahead and put that 20% off teeth whitening for like the next three months on that landing page. And it's a concise page about just that service. Then like, Again, that would be an example where it would be okay to just repurpose that service page into the landing page for your ads that are also talking about the 20% off. Agreed. Agreed. I like when you guys agree with me. It makes me feel so good. Well, it's just <laughs> we don't want to make make you feel bad. I know. After we stop recording, that's when they really are like, Ellie, actually, we didn't agree with anything you just said. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got notes on all the things that you said and how they're wrong. Yeah. So we're going to go over them so you don't make the same mistakes in an actual client call where people are listening. Yeah. And like, I wish that this was a joke, but literally, that's what you guys did to me when I mispronounced minuscule. (laughs) Minuscule. (laughs) It still takes me a minute. I'm getting better. Well, in fairness, it would have been it would have been rude to do that during the podcast. It would have been. I appreciate that. I do appreciate yeah. that. So we I'm make fun of you going, in private, not in happened. public. Yeah, yeah we're professionals. That's, you know, I yeah, I admire that. I appreciate that about you guys. Like Ellen just left in the middle of what you were saying and made a ham sandwich for herself. <laughs> Can I tell you what it. happened? Somebody aggressively knocked on my front door, Ooh. and I thought it was going to be. Uh, this is way too much. This is totally just derailing us but i thought it was going to be like the people earlier this week that they were going to mm. come into my house anyway oh, the turns out people? it was just the fedex come the fedex truck he was dropping off dresses for me to try on for my those guys are brother's aggressive. wedding 
Our 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 delivery guys are all aggressive knockers. They, like, yeah. well, I was need, so nervous. You don't need me to like, come to the door. That's what grinds my gears. FedEx. It, my front door <laughs> is not like quality anyway. So like if you knock on it too hard, you might do some damage. You might need you might need to like, go back yeah. to the Amazon shop and get me a new door. My well, screen like, door situation is literally duct taped. Like okay. I have duct tape to hold it together or else it won't close. I have to like hold a piece in. So Instead of like, you know, telling my landlord about this, I just was like, I'm just going to duct tape the door. <laughs> so, yeah, but, like, I get an email it that hard. it's that it's that it has arrived anyway. Like I don't. And right. like I would. Uh, anyway, sorry about that. Yeah, that was very okay. stressful. landing pages. Yeah. Anyway, marketing. Um, yeah. So I think landing pages are. Landing Good. pages are. <laughs> tries to like re. <laughs> Readjust my brain. <laughs> Any hoodle. <laughs> One of these days, we'll find a good day, a good time of day that we can all be focused and do good podcasting. I don't yeah. think it's possible. I think the three of us just have too much fun together anyway. So, like, it's just never going to be much like all business. True. We, we have all do have a lot to say. We do. <laughs> um, but I kind of want to talk a little bit more about what goes into like the key components of a landing page. If we could cover those and then see what you guys have thoughts on about we that. Could. We have thoughts on that.com. Cool. Absolutely. Um, so a, a few things to keep in mind when you are going to build a landing page. The landing page should have one goal, one clear message, one call to action, imagery, graphics, or a video that support the written message. And then there are sometimes, you know, one form or limited navigation, a clearly connected thank you page. Um, and then landing pages are almost always a component of a bigger strategy. Like if they're not, then it's just like a page on your website kind of thing. So it's either a part of an email campaign, social media campaign, digital ad campaign, or a print ad campaign. Um, so those are the kind of the key components. I think there are some things that we could talk about with each of them. Um, I don't know how much we need to say about the one goal because I think in our last episode we talked about goals a lot. Um, but I think sometimes people look at landing pages and like they want them to do a lot of things. Um, but I think it's important to remember that like you need to keep your customers focused, just like you need to keep yourself focused. Like if you give somebody mm-hmm. too many choices, they just won't make a choice. Right. Um, I think Ellie, John, you can you speak to. I, I am getting ready to say something. Thank you for acknowledging me. Um, I think Ellie can speak to uh, a lot of the ad campaigns that you've run for clients. You can say, well, this this the content on this page isn't as relevant as Google wants for this ad. So mm-hmm. I think that goes to the thought of having one goal. So you could yeah. have multiple landing pages on the site with multiple campaigns going on simultaneously. But the if you're especially if you're running an ad, like that ad needs to go with the content that's on this page. And if you're touching on yes. five different services, there's no way that Google can say, This one's the most important. So cool, I'm gonna keep running these ads for you. Yeah. 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 It's I it's really important. So when you are when you've made your goals like for a campaign. So again, like we talked about last week, you have a goal of maybe that's you want to have like f- five more sales a week for a specific product. You're running ads. There's your goal. So what does that mean? The message on your landing page is going to be. What does that mean? Your call to action is going to be. Obviously, make a purchase mm-hmm. or like contact us to make a purchase. Regard like whether you are e-commerce or not e-commerce. Um, you know what your call to action should be. If you have too many things going on, like Ellen just said, it's going to get confusing. Nobody's going to really know. They're going to be like, well, do I 
go ahead and just like buy it? Do I contact them? Oh, here's something that's talking about a different service. Like, what's that about? They're scatterbrained. Mm -hmm. So that's why when you're running an ad, that's one reason why if you're or you're running any kind of campaign, you don't just want to send them to your homepage because they're not going to know where to go. If you're Mm -hmm. running, if, if your campaign is something about a specific service or product and they just land on your homepage, if you send them just to your homepage, they're going to be like, okay, there's nothing on this page that specifically talks about the ad I just saw. So where can I find that product? And now they're going to have to go searching through your website. So um, sending them to a landing page that has that one clear message that matches the written text of your campaign is going to be just so beneficial. And then to what John just said, um, if you are running like Google ads, it's actually like a rule that they have to match. So it's not just like, oh, our customers are going to interact with this better if it if it is concise and makes sense with the ad. It's that Google won't actually find your ad relevant if where your audience is being sent doesn't match what your ad is about. So um, mm-hmm. you have to be careful with that as well. It's like, so... Um kind of a tangible example of where I see this come up a lot when I'm building landing pages with clients is at the bottom of the landing page, they want to link to like related blog posts about this topic. And it's like, okay, so those are great things on a thank you page. So thank you pages are great places to like almost overwhelm your audience with other directions that they can go because they have already completed the most primary action that you wanted them to complete, which was fill out the form, sign up for this service, buy a product, whatever it is. And then on that um, on that thank you page, you can say, here are related products, here are related services, here are ways that you can stay involved with me um, and kind of overwhelm them. If you if you want to like put content somewhere, I would say leave that content for the thank you page. Um, so mm-hmm. if you think about like a lot of people have experience with buying on Amazon, um, you know, they, they have other calls to actions when you like go to buy a product. But when you go to like the actual cart page, All you really see listed is like the products that you're going to buy and then like here's where you buy. And then after you buy, it says here are all these related products that you can also buy. Mm -hmm. Um, So keep it in mind that way that like you are going to see less of a conversion rate if somebody goes to a landing page and they see like, yeah, they see the message and maybe like a – Uh, a form to fill out but then they also see like a whole menu at the top and they see like a really detailed footer and they see related products and they see related posts like they're not gonna know where to go Um, yeah you really want to be strategic and presenting them with enough information to answer their questions and get them to that call to action but not giving them so many options that they get sidetracked and want to go explore your website before they um you know, convert or, you know, submit Mm -hmm. a lead or something. Um, You don't want them to click away. You don't want to give them too many options to click away from the page that they're on until after they've completed the action that you want them to complete. Yeah. You've done the hard work. You've got, you got that person engaged from whatever distracting world they were in, whether it's Facebook or Google or whatever, you got them on your site. Now, now it's time to really cash in on that. You're not going to capture everyone. No one's going to have a hundred percent success rate. But you you want to try to capture, give them as little option to go anywhere other than what you know the big red submit here or buy now button. You know that's mm-hmm. your that's your one option, and then they're, they're going to complete it. Then they're going to go back to being distracted. Yeah, so that's definitely covering the one goal and kind of moving into the one clear message. Um, you know, another 
thing that I end up seeing on a lot of landing pages is um, clients wanting to focus on kind of the narrative of the product. So like wanting to give somebody as much information as possible before they, they make the purchase or they sign up for your email list or whatever, which that is that is great, but I would say it's kind of like cheesy to say sometimes less is more. Um, so you think about like what John just said about how distracted we can be as a society on a whole. Um, something to keep in mind when you're building your landing pages is when somebody lands on the landing page, you know, I really think the first thing they could they should see is whatever action it is that you want them to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And then right below that should be almost like an executive summary, like a few bullet points of like, this is the product or this is the service or this is what this product or service does to solve the problem that you are experiencing. Um, And then again, either that form is right there to fill out or that button is right there to click, whatever it is. But then, you know, you can continue on in the landing page from there if you want, as long as you're staying focused on that clear message and kind of get into the the narrative, if you will. If you think that there are people that are going to want to know a lot more, which especially if it's a high ticket item, they probably will. But there are some people that they might not bat an eye at at your price and they just want to make the purchase. And if there's Mm -hmm. too much that they have to read or that they have to sift through in order to get to that next action, they're going to give up. So yeah, your try. your most important information should absolutely be at the top of the page without having to do any or much scrolling. And if yeah. you're going to have a form or a button, that should be right there at the top and right there for people to fill out or interact with. It's very similar to um, like the above the fold. Yeah, saying or whatever, like with like newspapers or like even with websites, when when we like transfer that into websites, like what do you see when you first come to a page before you have to start scrolling? Mm-hmm. It should be the most important information and the action that you actually want somebody to complete. Yeah, it's kind of like if you guys have ever gone online to look at like a recipe or something. Um it's so mm. annoying. I know, I know where you're going. I'm, when you I'm land, I have FedEx, to hear. I'm scratching out FedEx and making that my grandson. <laughs> I have thoughts on this. <laughs> but so what a few of those websites have started doing, actually my favorite one, I'm giving like an unsolicited shout out to Sally's Baking Addiction because I love a lot of their um, recipes. I'll be right back. But something <laughs> that they started incorporating is a button at the top that says jump to recipe. Yes, Ooh, that's what I was just going to say. And I love that because it takes me right to the recipe and I don't have to read the story that I'm And it's like you have the option like if you want to read the story, you can read the story. But like also I never want to read the story. I just want the recipe. And instead of like scrolling and trying to find the recipe after their whole life story, that's it's it's a nice touch and very appreciated. And don't get me wrong. Get off of the baking website right now, John. (laughs) I'm looking at Rice Krispie Treats. I'm very excited about them. (laughs) So her lemon – <laughs> I'm never coming wow. back. I'm gone. Sorry, everybody. I think it's her <laughs> overnight cinnamon rolls are the most amazing thing ever if you're interested. Mm. Um, so anyway, back to the conversation at hand. Going back to um if you're use what you're using a landing page for, like we what we were saying, you know, it may be used strictly for an ad campaign, but if you want to use it as like somebody could just stumble across it as well, or you're trying to get it to rank really well for organic SEO. You know, that long form narrative content does make sense, but put it below where somebody is going to take that action. Um, Mm -hmm. There should be as little um, sifting 
that somebody has to do with their eyes as possible. And then Ellie and I were actually just talking with a client this morning about click fatigue, which sounds um, obnoxious, but it's a real thing. People get click fatigue when they have they have to click too many times or they have to sift through so much too much information in order to get to what they want to do. Um, so you mm-hmm. want to have as little clicks as possible to somebody getting the information that they want. Um, I'm gonna. So- I want to just go back to what you said too about. Um- like all of the information and having like longer form content. I will say, I don't think that I have ever in at least ad campaigns, because of course, like there's a time and place to like link to blogs. But like, if you're wanting a specific action, I have never linked to a blog for that reason. That blog might have a call to action on it somewhere. Like there might be something like contact us today to purchase or learn more about this product or whatever. I will never use that as a landing page because that's just too much information. That's something that you would provide after the fact or um, from a different avenue. You might just link it on your social media just for people to read if they want to read. Um, Mm -hmm. But just one. Yeah. So I just I think it's important to note, like I would never recommend nor have I ever linked to a blog in an ad campaign or in a campaign for a specific that has a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. You should put vanilla extract in these rice krispie treats. Sounds oh, make them really good. <laughs> um, so we've anyway, lost John for the marketing. rest of today, but anyway, I haven't had rice krispie treats in so long. I'm really okay. But wait, this is important. I made homemade Heath bar cookies last night. Mm. Mm. Oh, were they good? I can live yeah, without Heath were- bar. I'm sure, I'm sure they're I'm sure they're great, but I could live without Heath Bar. As a, I mean, as a, actually, as a I profile. could too. Same, but like for whatever reason, I was in the store one day and I was like, "Look at those little Heath Bar nibs! I'm going to buy those." And I've had them for a, a couple weeks, and because um, I like a Heath Bar, but they're not my favorite. I'm kind of like you. But then last night, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I have those Heath Bar nibs, and I bet I have all of the ingredients to make cookies," which I did. So you girl just whipped up some cookies and they were fantastic. Are you bringing them to the meeting tomorrow? I sure can. (laughs) That's my girl. (laughs) Favorite employee. Yay. Ellen's never baked me cookies. Anyway. Uh, (laughs) Although she did, she did point me to a website where I'm going to bake a lot of cookies. So I guess that's like a, (laughs) it's like a second level. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, You're welcome. Um, You know, it's like the whole give a man a fish yeah, you know, teach Amanda fish. I'm actually, I'm actually fish. a decent, decent baker and a decent cook. Baking is really fun. I think it's a good way for me to like relax. So I like, baking. I like baking and I like cooking. I Kelly's really Kelly's more of a uh, a cooker than a baker because baking is like exact science. Cooking mm-hmm. is kind of willy nilly, but I, I like the facets of both. Like mm-hmm. baking, like you have to do exactly what it says, and you have to do it at the right time and the right proportions and all that. Cooking, you're just like, I don't know. I'm just going to olive oil the hell out of this and see what happens. Yeah, you yeah. really can't go wrong with olive oil. So anyway, back to landing pages. Ooh, um, moving on from one clear message, message to continuing on the conversation about one call to action. So I want to make I want to make a clear distinction. I'm getting closer to my mic. Um, <laughs> I want to make a clear distinction about one call to action. This does not mean one button. It means they are making one decision. So a good way to think about this is I have a client that there are different levels um, for working with her depending on, you know, your financial situation and how involved you are in the process so far. 
So on a landing page for her, we have three different options to work with her. They're still making one decision. So if you think about it, if you've ever signed up for a service like MailChimp or um, I'm trying to think of something else that has like different levels or like different options, but ultimately it's one decision. Um, Like our hosting plans have different tiers. Yeah. Yeah. Or like our simple website design program. Like there are three different levels depending on what your needs are, but you're only making one decision. Um, So keep that in mind as well that like it's not like you only have to present one option when there are other options if it's all within one decision. But it shouldn't be like sign up for this program and then sign up for this unrelated program and then sign Mm -hmm. up for this unrelated service. Um, there should just be one succinct decision that the person has to make when they land on the page. Agreed. Same. I also agree. Cool. Cool. Uh, moving on to imagery, graphics, video that support the written message. Um, so, you know, just a few things to keep in mind, make sure that they're on brand, um, make sure that they are truly supporting whatever the text is, that they're not just like filler that could be distracting, Um, And make sure that they're high quality, you know, that they look professional. Um, Would you guys add anything else for imagery, graphics, and video? I don't know if we talked about this in another episode or it was just us talking in a client meeting or just blabbing between ourselves. But the the idea of using similar imagery throughout. So whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever image you use for the social post or the ad, have that be same or similar imagery, even or if you style it the same, even um, have Mm -hmm. the style the same how they got there and they're there. It's just a like a subtle, I'm comfortable here because I was comfortable with it the first time. I'm going to continue to be comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just a familiarity. Like, you know, you landed in the right place if like the imagery and graphics and stuff match what you clicked on. Yeah. Um, you know that you landed like, what's going on over there? I have a thought, but I'm holding okay. on to it until you're done. Either she saw a fly or she had a I thought. I know. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> like, you know, it's like confirmation that you know that you're in the right place and consuming the right information because it matches what you clicked on. It's like online dating. So like you don't want to show up to the date and the person <laughs> looks completely different than their profile picture. Well, I, it's unfortunate that we don't have time to do videos for these because Ellie's stink face on when you just said those two <laughs> words was just wonderful because like, what but are you going to bring up? Is, is it? <laughs> let me tell you about online dating. <laughs> but would that be correct? It's like you don't want to catfish yeah. your customer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then that can be like you might the messaging might be the same, but like if the image isn't the same, then things can get lost in translation, and somebody can mm-hmm. feel like they were gypped. So you know, just be truthful. Um, would you add anything to that? Yeah, Ellie, do you Ellie? have any thoughts on that? <laughs> well, listen, this is funny because it can go like either way. Like, I want to also just touch on the importance of having imagery and video like and honestly it's funny but that's the same as like a dating profile because like (laughs) you don't want to just be words like because now I'm creeped out that I don't even know what you look like so you know next but like it's the same with your landing page and like you want it to be aesthetically pleasing people interact best with images videos graphics things that are a little easier to consume than just reading through paragraph after paragraph so One, it's just important to have these elements on the landing page along with having them match the original written campaign. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
A good one too, like a good example of that would be like if you are doing a webinar or something like that and you're going to have somebody that's like an expert that's speaking, try to get a picture of them on there um, so that Mm -hmm. people know like who they're going to be listening to for like an hour. Um, Or like, you know, obviously if it's a product, like include actual product photos, like don't use images that aren't actually your product or like so you're saying if, if, like if someone is speaking at a like a conference we'd want to see a picture of them on the website to know that they're speaking at the conference <laughs> yes oh my gosh get out of town <laughs> you're making Danny me Doodles. evil cackle which nobody wants to hear that um on get a out of here. podcast marketing um moving on any hoodle So sometimes on your landing page, you may have a form. So just another reminder, kind of like a call to action. You know, you just want one button or one form to fill out. Um, It depends really on what to include on that form. So I would ask your marketer on like what all you should be collecting. A good like rule of thumb would be like name, email, possibly phone number. Um, But depending on what the product or service is or, you know, what information, what you're trying to do with the information that you gather, you may need to collect different stuff. And like, if you are like, you don't want to ask for too much personal information from a person because that's going to deter them from even filling out that form. So you don't want all of this information. Like obviously the important stuff you want to make, um, what is it called? Mandatory? Is that what yeah. it is? There's another word for it. Required. Required. That's what I was looking for. Required. Yeah. Um, like their name or and like email address or something has to be required. But like if you're like, it would be nice if we had their mailing address. But if they don't want to provide that, I don't want that to deter them from filling this form out. So I won't make that one required. So mm-hmm. have that in mind too when you're like, you know, you don't want to be like, well, we really want to gather their name, phone number, email, address, like their political status, like, you know, like <laughs> there's just, there's, there's too much and it's going to turn people away when they're like, eh, this is starting to seem weird. Like I don't need to be putting in my social security number to learn about this webinar. So. Yeah. The, the rule of thumb is the more form fields you make mandatory, the less people are going to fill it out. So absolutely. Uh, like we have a, a project planner on our website that is intentionally long because I don't, I typically don't want people just to say, uh, hey, I want a website, how much? And then go do that on 10 other companies' websites. Like we're not mm-hmm. looking for – we're not looking to price match other marketing companies. Yeah. And we're not looking to beat other competition on prices. We do uh, beat people on prices. We don't price match just in case we you're We do. Listening. We're perfect. We but... are perfect. And we are the best. So whatever. <laughs> but I, I intentionally made it longer because we, when we had it shorter, I was just getting a lot of those. Like how much for this website? And it's not, that's not an easy answer to, to – or an easy question to answer. So like yeah. I'm okay with it being long. And I know that we're going to get less fill outs. But the people that do fill it out are generally interested in hearing from us. They're more serious. Sometimes. Yeah, they've taken the time. Yeah. They've they taken are the more time serious than are expecting a response. Yeah. Oops. Within a couple months. <laughs> Oopsie doodles. That's what grinds my gears is when my uh, forms don't work. <laughs> <laughs> so something else to keep in mind too is we already kind of touched on it is making sure that you have a clearly connected thank you page. Um, in the biz, we call it a TYP. Um, so that is Do after we? somebody. I have literally never said TYP mm-hmm. in my life. Same. I'm going to throw you under the bus, Ellen. Do not I, agree. went to marketing school and they called it TYP. I use I use PYT often, but that's Same. only when I'm saying it. But Same. <laughs> it's definitely called a TYP. Okay. Okay. 
right. or a thank you page. But right. any hoodle. Um, so this is obviously, you know, if you have somebody fill out a form or they buy a product, um, they would be redirected to a thank you page. And like I said, obviously you want to thank the person for providing their information um, or for purchasing your product or service. And then this is a great opportunity to help them continue on their customer journey. So if they bought like um, say if they bought like an online course, this is a great place to say, you know, check your email for your access code or like give instructions. And then here are a few blogs you may want to read to prepare yourself to take this online course. Um, or if they bought a product, then you may say, hey, maybe you also need X, Y, and Z. You can list those there. Or, um, you know, if they filled, they signed up for a webinar and you have related webinars or recorded videos, then you could list those there. Um, so your thank you page, um, it should have still a similar fit, like a, a similar design to your landing page. Again, keeping with, you know, we don't want to catfish anybody. Um, but also like, this is really your place to kind of say to your audience member, like choose your own adventure at this point. Like they've already completed the first action. Now they can choose where they want to go next. Now you can kind of overwhelm them a little bit if you want to, Mm -hmm. um, some people might just exit out too. So that may happen as well. Um, so don't be concerned if like your thank you page has like a high bounce rate because that's kind of normal. Um, but would you guys add anything for thank you pages? Never use the acronym TYP. Yeah. Same. You sound like a marketing nerd. Nerd. <laughs> okay. You know what? You two can organize your own lives. Good luck. I'm no. taking you out of base camp. No. No, just kidding. Uh-huh. Yep. Sure. Um, the last thing we want to talk about for key landing page components is that the landing page is going to be a component of a bigger strategy. So kind of going back to what we talked about for the one goal, one clear message, making sure that imagery, graphics, videos are consistent. Um, make sure that you think about how your landing page is going to work into the rest of your strategy Um, and make sure that like everything is kind of built in bulk. So again, it's like fresh on my mind because Ellie and I just had this meeting this morning, but you know, we're creating this digital ad for our client. We want to make sure that the digital ad transfers well to whatever the landing page is going to be and then transfers well into whatever the thank you page is going to be. But we're building all of that content at once and making sure that it stays consistent across the board. Um, the same thing would be like uh, a webinar that I, I recently created, like all the content for a client. You know, before we started promoting anywhere, we built the landing page, we built the everything in Zoom, we built all the blogs, all the emails, um, all the social media posts, and we kind of have everything in one place to make sure that everything is consistent across this bigger strategy. So you don't just have like one component that doesn't make any sense. Um, so always remember that that landing page is a part of a, of a bigger strategy. If you have more than one person working on your campaign, make sure that they're all on the same page, that expectations are um, shared across the board on, you know, what the feel of this is, what the overall goal is, what the clear message is, what the CTA is, um, all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, I think just, it's important to note or just remember that, um, we talked about this last week when we talked about like creating a strategy, we might be, uh, advertising the same or talking about the same thing across email, social media ads, it might be all a part of like one larger campaign just on these different avenues. 
you can use the same landing page. Like, I think that that's important just to note that you might not like be aware of like, you don't have to have a landing page for the Facebook portion. You don't have to have a separate landing page for the Google ads. If it's all talking about the same thing, if it's all part of one greater campaign, that should all be uh, just directing to that same landing page. It's actually more beneficial. The user is never going to know really. I mean, unless they're clicking on like everything, um, <laughs> But for your sake, it's easier for tracking or just knowing what works. And then you don't have to go in and evaluate, you know, five landing pages as opposed to just the one landing page. You can say, like, is this getting me the results that I need? Do I need to change anything around? It's a lot simpler. It's a lot easier to track. um, And you don't, like, forget about things or, you know, miss information. Um, So, yeah, if even if you are, you know, advertising this on multiple different platforms, it all can and probably should be directing to the same landing page. And Ellie, actually, you bring up a really good point because like, especially if you have an email list that you are going to have a can like part of the campaign is sending them to this um, campaign, but then they also follow you on social media. You know, those are people that they could overlap and like click on the link um, to view the landing page. And if they look very different or um, they don't seem related, then they may not go through with that purchase or with signing up for that list because they think that it's two different things. Mm -hmm. Um, We are a society of skimmers. So make everything as like readily um, recognizable as possible. It may seem repetitive to you and your team, like recognize that, but it will not seem repetitive to your audience Mm -hmm. because they are inundated with a million different campaigns a day. In fact, it should almost seem a little repetitive to your audience so that it resonates with them and they're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I need to like act on this. Agreed. Agreed. John is still looking at Rice Krispie Treats. No, I'm looking at golf and Rice Krispie Treats. I'm very distracted. He's always distracted. You thought I was distracted last time. I got multiple screens of things that I I, I like watching. All right, so let's move on to you know what not to do and what to be sure to do when building a landing page. I think we already touched on a lot of these things, mm-hmm. but John and Ellie, would you guys add anything to what to be sure to not do when you're building a landing page? <laughs> we both made the, the same point. <laughs> yeah, you've got uh, you know not not having uh, you know a blog uh, related articles, and we we touched on that because it's just gonna you're gonna go down a rabbit hole just like you would on Facebook. And not mm-hmm. come back to the the point of where and the the, the point, important part to bring up about these landing pages is that because they're not connected from other pages on your site, if they click away, they might not be able to come back to that landing page very easily. They'd have to use the you know control back of Chrome to go back eighteen pages, so they might not ever remember where they came from or be able to access mm-hmm. that page even if they wanted to. So if there's no other way for them to buy the thing or fill out that specific form, if you're leading them away, they might not be able to do so. Uh, so that's right. more reason to to do that. Make it focused. Make their one call to action, um, not uh, fill out this form and buy this thing. It's one or the other. They could be one and the same. You could fill out the form and make a purchase in one form transaction. Uh, so it's, you know, like you said, it's uh, one call to action, but it's one, one action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know Agreed. we we've already talked about this like kind of in depth. <laughs> like really, this is probably the most important thing is just not having too much information on that page in general like written into it, not like just links out, but like having too much information just on the page. You want to avoid information overload. And 
I know it might seem like you might seem like, oh, I want this person to know everything about this. I want them to know this. And I also want them to know this. Well, they can learn that. Like, I think it's important to sit down and think what is the most important thing that's going to get this person to complete this action and only have that on the page. Um, Anything else, even if it's like further down on the page, if you start to just get too informative or just get too much information on there, it's just it's unnecessary, really, because if you think about it, if you really if you provide the most information that the most important information in a form or a button up at the top of the action that you want them to complete and they complete that form because that's the way we've set it up. They don't, they no longer want to interact with that information anyway. So providing too much information is not really doing you any good regardless. So just, you know, don't be, you know, over don't information overload on your landing pages. Yeah, I think also like recog- like taking time to figure out how you're going to organize that content. Um, so, you know, what what the page may warrant is like an FAQ section. Um, so like we've done that for a few landing pages over the years that, you know, you ask like, you know, a normal question that somebody may have before they make this purchase or they sign up for a list or something like that. And you can answer those questions very pointed. But like uh, I really hesitate to say like set up a landing page the way that you would like just tell a story or tell a blog because I think you're going to lose a lot of people in the Mm -hmm. process. If you do, again, want to include that information, that's great. Include it later on in the page, like below below where somebody can already make the decision to move forward. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, every industry is a little bit different. Every audience base is a little bit different. And, you know, we will work with you to figure out exactly what your audience needs. Um, But I I would always kind of err on the side with Ellie that like less is more. And if somebody Mm -hmm. has questions, like they'll reach out to you, whether it's email or filling out the form or giving you a call or something like that. Um, So yeah, yeah, I've clicked ads for um, software packages where like it, it tells the story of whatever software they want me to buy, but it doesn't have the information I want. So I'll just go to their homepage and get that information. Like I'll, I typically leave it in another tab so I could come back to it in case I needed to. But like, usually those software packages don't always have their pricing on that page. I'm like, this looks great, but how much does it cost? And they don't have it on the landing page. They want you to fill out a form and do a demo. Like, I just want, I just want the information and I'll do with that what I, what I will after that. So mm-hmm. yeah, there, but there, there is, there isn't, bless you. <laughs> I'm coughing. Oh, okay. Well, excuse you. I don't know. What do you yeah. say for a cough? Don't die, please. I think still, I think still, bless you is appropriate. Okay, I thought so. <laughs> she gave me the look like I was, I was in the wrong. I didn't. I'm not the one that coughed into a mic. But I think, I think that's uh, Im- important. I think, I think you could go either way. I think you could have a lot of information, but that's not above the fold. You know, it's below the fold. So like, you could yeah. read more if you wanted to down down the way. Um, but I, I definitely probably would agree with you more than I wouldn't about having having all that information at the top. Yeah. Falling you alive over today. there, buddy? No. Uh, um, I also think so. My last kind of thought on content going along with what John and Ellie said, there was this huge push, like probably like fifteen years ago now, ten years ago now, to like everybody's a storyteller, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I, I totally get that. I recognize that people. Um, resonate with the story of a brand and like that can really help in the selling of a product. But like 
that's a really good, like telling the story may be a good place in like the video ad before you send them to the landing page or um, the email that you're putting together before you send them to the landing page. Um, But the landing page is kind of more for those like hard facts, like the things like John said that they really need to know, the bullet points that they need to know. Um, after you've already sold them the product or the service mm-hmm. with the they story. They should already know about it, basically. They already have the information they need to have the landing pages so they can complete a valuable action that you want them to complete. Yeah, you're not – you are selling on the landing page, but, like, you're not starting the sales process on the landing page. Yeah. <clears throat> cool, cool, cool. Agree. Um, what – do you want to be sure that people do when they build a landing page? Anything that we haven't covered at this point? I mean, they have all the information. If they don't have the all the information, they can just call us because we're experts. <laughs> we know this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We did cover a lot of good stuff today. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Any last thoughts on landing pages in general before we get to what grinds John's gears today? It's a lot of things. Uh, I have a list of first four and foremost is that Ellie and Ellen don't like soccer. <laughs> Yeah. Mm, that's oops. Yeah. And that's that's the fifth thing. And the first two things I can't talk about because we said I weren't gonna talk about those things. So we have thoughts on that.com. Yeah, oh, we, have, find it there. we have we have lots of thoughts on that, but we're not talking about that today. All right. Um we could talk about we could talk about FedEx banging on doors. It's an option. Uh we could talk about how I don't like your story of how your great grandmother brought this cinnamon roll recipe over on the Mayflower. Um, we could talk about almond milk. Oh. These are all things that I don't like. Um, I love I'm almond intrigued. milk. I hold on. Me too. So I'm really intrigued. I mean, technically, it's juice. Milk. It's not. I milk, know. I just but... saw an ad. I'm looking. At the, I'm still looking at the cinnamon roll picture, and I saw an almond milk ad. Oh my gosh! Is it the overnight cinnamon rolls? I think so. Is it? Uh, let me, let yes. Me scroll up to the homemade cinnamon rolls with overnight option. Yes, they will change your life. They are I mean, they look so delicious. good. I, I will give a plug for one of our clients, though. Beehive Bakery makes the best cinnamon rolls I've ever had in all mm. of my existence. I haven't had them yet, but I've heard you talk about how amazing are, they are. They're located local in Powell. to me, right? They're mm-hmm. in Powell. No. no, they're in Powell. Okay. So well, no, also, I'm if you're going to go to the point, if you're going to go to the zoo, you they're right up right up the road. I'm going to live in Powell. Remember, I'm obsessed with Powell. Yeah, so well, they are going to be local. You either need to find a different job or another job because I can't afford Powell. <laughs> so if I can't afford it, I'm guessing that your budget also doesn't allow it. <laughs> The thing, I'll the thing the that money. I'm winning the lottery. Don't remember yeah, that's my goal. And you guys not liking soccer, but I, I think, I think I need, I think I need to be on the the defense on one of those, not the offense. I need to have one of you two bring it up, and then I'll tear you, I'll tear you to pieces. So we I don't like soccer. What grinds my gears? <sighs> soccer. Soccer is silly. This doesn't happen as much to me as I think it happens to to you guys and uh, and your previous jobs. Is that the importance of other people's time in terms of meetings and being on time and communication when things change. Ooh, God, this is a big one. It, it's, I find my time very important to me and I think other people also find their time very important to them, but I think it's easy to disregard other people's schedules when you're being selfish is a real harsh word, but I'm going to use that word and say, I don't mean it to be, as mean as saying you're being selfish by disregarding mm-hmm. my time. Yeah. We're, we're all busy. Like it's cliche to say, how you doing? And you say busy. That's like cliche as it gets. Like we're all busy. We all have mm-hmm. things going on. We all have 15 jobs with 30 little sub jobs. And we also have families and sometimes we have fun. 
these are all things that need to get done. Uh, but when you say, I need you to be here at this time in this place or this time on this call, be, be there, please, at mm-hmm. least at least on time, if not like five minutes early, that would be great. The amount or of like, times over 12 know, years. Let someone know. Yeah. Let, yeah. Communicate. Yeah. Easy. Send yeah. a text. You got my number. The, the amount of times in 12 years where the like there's a Zoom call like previous to the pandemic where Zoom calls were pretty rare uh, or, you know, g- group group calls weren't as as uh, ready as we do. There's there was never a time uh, in most of that most of that 12 years where like I wasn't the first one there at a couple minutes early. It, it almost seems like you know, we don't do early like we show up like a minute or two or late. Or like if you're going to like an online webinar with a bunch of people, like I've done them with uh, a higher restaurant association or others, where they'll be like, okay, it starts at noon. Actually, Tourism Ohio is a big one because we do two a year. And like, all right, we're going to start at noon. So I'm like, all right, I've got my schedule blocked out. I'm going to focus not on the, not on cinnamon rolls, not on golf. I'm going to focus on what you're telling me. And we everybody's there. I get there 11:55. Everyone's there at noon. Like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna give everyone a few more minutes to get get connected and get in. Like, no, no, no. You said be here at noon. I'm mm-hmm. here at noon. Now you're mm-hmm. making me wait because you think other people are going to be late. Like that's on them. Yeah. Besides the fact that you're not going to talk about anything important for the first five minutes when you're just going to go around the room and introduce your, you know, your whether you're a Pisces or a Scorpio, you're just, you know, <laughs> we're not we're not talking important stuff for the first couple minutes anyway. But like, like set a time. That's the time, uh, Ellen. I've picked that up from you. Like you almost start every single meeting. Like I want to respect your, I want to respect your time. This is the time that we've allotted. We're going to probably talk for about 45 minutes. We shouldn't go over that. Uh, but if we do, we'll bring it up a couple minutes ahead of time. Because that's also another thing, like a meeting that was supposed to be 15 minutes. And now we're 50 minutes in. We haven't really even talked about the thing that we're going to do. Almost like a pre-podcast podcast that we do. Yeah. We should, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, maybe we should start another podcast. Called, oh, here's a little random talk for you. <laughs> Get it out of the way and then move on. But that's that's what that's the, uh, the thing other than you guys – hating on soccer that hurts my soul. Uh, that's what I, I'm here today. I want to go back to the first thing you said, though, is uh, like long Phoenix? meetings, like mar- oh. marathon meetings and the first part of this, what grinds my gears. Um, that is probably one of my biggest pet peeves anyway. Um, it happened really bad at my previous job where we would just have these marathon meetings for hours and hours, like literally they would last whole afternoons. First, there would be too many people involved that didn't need to be there. So we're wasting that person's time. Second, they would we wouldn't get anything accomplished that we wanted to get accomplished if we even knew what was supposed to be accomplished in that meeting so that's another thing is one just be respectful of people's time but also if you are taking someone's time to do something have a plan like you know this is what we want to accomplish in this meeting so by the end of the hour that we have allotted i hope to have this this and this from you so i can move forward and so can you um, we have a plan, we have a time limit and oh my gosh, you're right. I cannot stand if you sign up for like a webinar, you know, a meeting or you are meeting someone somewhere. And it's like, we said noon, I have somewhere else to be at one. I can't wait here for you to be 15 minutes late because that's now going to throw off the whole rest of my day. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So like, not only like, is it bothersome when that happens for me, when roles are reversed and I'm planning something or I have the ability to, when I'm showing up to things, I want to, you know, I know how I feel when someone is like, you know, late or something. So I don't want to do that to someone else. So mm-hmm. yeah, be early, be a couple minutes early. 
And if you need to continue the conversation, like you get to the end of your 45 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, and you have more things to discuss, like take five minutes at the end, like write down all the things you still need to talk about and then make another time. Because Mm -hmm. what's most likely happening at that point is if you are an hour into a conversation with your team or with a client about problem solving is that there are things that people still need to process. Like there is not one meeting that I've been in that's been that long that it, it it doesn't end up being people talking themselves in circles because they're still trying to process whatever it is you're discussing. So what's probably best at that moment is to write down the notes, send them out to everybody to review, and set another time a few days later to talk through it again after everybody's had some time to think through it and actually process what they want out of the meeting. Um, Another thing that this is making me think of, so one thing I aspire to is, um, so my dad owns Dayton Acoustics in Dayton, Ohio. He is at the point in his career where if he is sitting in a meeting and it no longer pertains to him, he gets up and he walks Good for out. God bless him. What a wonderful that man. That's funny. And he said, yeah, I probably do that like once every like two or three weeks. And That's like funny. sometimes, like there are some clients that. that like they know that that like Clark's leaving because he no longer needs to be there. But he's had a few that like it'll be new people in the room and they're like, where are you going? And he's like, do you need me for anything else? And they're like, no, but like, you know, this is about the project. And he's like, is it pertinent to me and my guys? And they're like, no. And he's like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, yeah. I have things to do. There That's have wonderful. been so many times that I have wanted to do that in my life because like I said, I would be sitting in these marathon meetings and I would be like, none of this even applies to me or like it doesn't even have to do with my department. Like it would be something like maybe IT related. And I'm like, I have the longest list of things I have to accomplish. And I'm sitting here for three hours, not accomplishing those things. And like my time would be much better spent doing those tasks rather than sitting here and listening to IT people go back and forth about their internal processes that don't involve me, nor can I even come close to helping with because I don't know IT. So- And don't get me wrong. There's definitely a place for like the team player kind of situation. And I totally get that. But what you also need to remember, and I feel like people forget this. John said this a while ago, is like meetings are money. So like whoever is sitting in that meeting, like take their hourly rate, (laughs) multiply it across the table. Um, So like keep in mind of like, you know, be be cognizant of that like if you really want to like get it down to that like be cognizant of like how much money a meeting can cost and it may be worth it sometimes but other times it may be a good idea to be like okay this person doesn't need to be in here anymore a good example ellie and i had a meeting with a client this morning that we had a the client had a laundry list of things that they wanted to discuss but ellie was only needed for one of those things So what we did is we talked about what Ellie was needed for at the beginning. And then we said, okay, bye, Ellie. Thanks for being here. And she said, thanks. And she went and did what she needed to do for the rest of her morning. Um, So, you know, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, people need to be team players. And I think it's important to like have those conversations with bigger groups of your, of your team, but also like, remember that people need to actually have time to do the things that you discussed in the meetings (laughs) throughout their day. Yeah, And one of those things is being being on time or letting me know that you're not going to be there because, uh, yeah, I've spent a lot of my career just emailing somebody and being like, hey, are we still like set for this? And I completely understand if there was like an emergency or like if something came up with a customer, like obviously, especially if you are my client, your customers come before you showing up to the meeting with me. And I completely understand that. Um, Yeah. 
But yeah, if you we're could just all, like, like take John a said, second we're all busy. to look at your calendar. Yeah, yeah we're all busy. Remember. So that sets us all at the same exact place. So yeah. we all have to have responsibility for our own actions. Agreed. Boom. And aspire to be a clerk in your little, little professional dad career. And, and actually, I'll, I'll give cl- uh, credit to some of our clients. Some of our clients will have uh, other other meetings, like, and we're just a part of those a section of those meetings. Like mm-hmm. uh, one of the meetings I had this morning, like I was on their regular weekly call, but only for my segment. So mm-hmm. like I got there, I chimed in, they, and I was like, anything else to talk about this? And they're like, nope, great. And I, you know, yeeted myself yeah. out as the kids say. <laughs> Perfect execution of the word yeet. Great. That Thank was you. good. You did well. Yeah. But Sometimes yeah. I'd like to throw out things just to make sure you guys know that I'm still a kid at heart. You're hip. You brought up TikTok I am. and you said TikTok yeet. TikTok and like said yeet. I'm cool too. I'm cool three months ago. <laughs> it's funny. It's hilarious. All right. All right. I'm going to dab this my was... way out to the door. Boop. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Five points from Hufflepuff. <sighs> yeah. That's fine. I'm not a Hufflepuff. That's fine. Take take you all are the points. Are, are you a I'm Ravenclaw? A, I'm, please. I'm a Gryffindor. Thank you very much. Uh, Hufflepuff. How dare you? I took I'm the a quiz. Ravenclaw. I'll pull it up. Pulling up my Harry Potter app. Ellie, that fits 100%. But, John, there's a lot of overlap between Hufflepuff and Gryffindor. John, Gryffindor. Hmm. Okay. What do you mean? Hmm. I, I don't like this. I don't like this thought process. Well, that, that defensive I'm not to be nature a- is definitely Gryffindor. Yeah. So maybe I am wrong. <laughs> Wait, what are you? Ellen? I'm also. She's what do you think? Are you Slytherin? Oh, she's Slytherin. That's right. Are yeah, because really? I'm agitating John as much as I possibly can because yeah, it's true. fun. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> I feel On like that I'm note, known as Slytherin. Okay, here I am. All right, thanks, y'all. Join, oh, tune in next later. week. Smash that like button. I haven't gotten to say it. Yet. Boop, 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 boop. Boop, boop, boop. Smash that like and subscribe. Hold on, let me See get, the, let me get the sound effect. Oh, I don't have just. I don't. I need to get the horn on here. Oh. Can we play Scarlet's outro for this one? Yeah. Right, yeah. Let's do it. I thought those were the cousins. This is the cousins chat. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Cousins Chat. Remember to smash that like button and subscribe <laughs> to Scarlet's Laugh-tastic and Stravaganza to laugh along. And when you're in town, stop by Frank Cat's Coffee Shop for the best darn coffee and smoothies anywhere. Uh, I love Frank so much. I do too. Frank is amazing. Thanks for listening to Oh, Here's a Little Marketing for You, a podcast written and produced by Shouted Out Design. Our theme song is Kill the Sun by the Cincinnati-based band Motherfolk. Tune in weekly for new episodes.